Good morning all. It is so great to connect with you today. For those of you that don't know me, I'm Solari Nielsen, married to the wonderful Peter Nielsen, our senior pastor. And it's absolute, it's an absolute privilege to be sharing with you today. We have our three gorgeous children, Tarquin, Jasper and Kyra. They give us a lot of joy and laughter, can I just say. Kyra celebrated her sixth birthday this week, which was a lot of fun for our family. But there was now a requested a butterfly jungle theme for her birthday. And we had our work cut out for us, can I just say. Also, our chickens give us a lot of joy and laughter. I would love to know what has brought you joy this past week. Maybe if you are joining us live today, pop it in to the chat and you can share with us and we'd love to hear from you what has given you joy. Today we continue on our mission month journey. What does it mean to share the good news of Jesus in our everyday lives? We'll be exploring Acts 1.8 as we do so today. It was great to hear from Scott Pilgrim last week, our wonderful executive director. And this year, I began in a new role as Global Interaction's Next Generation Specialist. It involves engaging children, youth and young adults. And it involves getting them involved in mission. What does that look like? We've been yet begun connecting and serving generations, youth and young adults and children's pastors, giving them opportunities to hear stories, chat with us, connect, look at what our resources are, and even have opportunities to connect with our intercultural workers from around the world. You may have seen some of our missioning podcasts that we've been releasing over the last few uh, year. And Jodie and Chris McCartney's one just dropped last week. So please get onto our Global Interaction website and check out their podcast. It was so much fun to listen to and to be a part of. Now, many of you know that I've been a primary school teacher for the last 16 years. But my journey to learning what it means to share the good news in my everyday life took an amazing turn in January 2019. God opened my eyes to what his mission looked like, not only in my local context, but also in a global context. Going to Cambodia on a global exposure trip with the amazing Kathy Staunton was a transformational experience and it enhanced what it meant to share the good news in my everyday life. Jesus says in Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Global Interaction seeks to work in ways that empower communities to to search the scriptures, developing their own distinctive ways of following Jesus Christ with their own distinctive cultures. Working for our organization has opened my eyes to global mission and also what we can learn from those that are serving to impact our local mission. I want to be a faithful witness and live a life that shows Jesus in who I am and what I do. What does it look like to be witnesses throughout our own communities, through the voices of our children, youth and young adults? 
There are also various video resources that we have shared on our Global Interaction webpage um, of some of our workers' children sharing their experiences. Please check them out. They're so good. We support Moana and Vili and their three daughters, and they're an incredible couple that are serving in Thailand. Let's hear what life is in Thailand looks like for their teenagers, Yindi and Zoe. Hi guys, I'm Zoe and I'm 17 years old and I'm an 11th grader at Chiang Mai International School, which is an American Christian school which has around 400 um, international students who come from all over the world. And Chiang Mai is the second biggest city in Thailand. It has plenty of tourists every year because we have heaps of malls and we have a lot of entertainment centers such as animal camps, gardens, and it's really a place where you can experience the culture. Prices here are also very cheap in terms of travel and food, so transport within the city um, is done by a red truck called a Songtao, which can hold around 8 to 9 people. And we also use an app called Grab, which is very much like Uber. Um, yeah, Chiang Mai also has an airport, and we have a train station, we have a bus station. And the city is surrounded by mountains and rice fields. And we actually also have a river running through our city called the Meping River. And it's pretty easy to forget that you're surrounded by all this nature because Chiang Mai is actually very technologically advanced. We have a lot of international restaurants. We have many residents who come from overseas. In fact, our expat community is quite huge. We also have trendy movies that are updated. Um, yeah, really our everyday life is pretty mundane as students. We play football, we go to school, we watch movies, we hang out with friends, just anything that you guys would probably do. Hey guys, it's Lindy. I'm 19 years old and I want to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a missionary kid, especially here in Thailand. So our parents do most of the work, of course. My dad often goes um, once per month to the small churches out in the rural areas. He'll usually visit about two churches at a time, and um, he'll just give like a sermon or two for each of them. And the rest of us, we, of we often accompany him when we are free, but usually um, we have schoolwork or other activities to do. However, on holidays, especially Christmas, we always go with him. So during that time, we usually visit around three to four churches. And yeah, we just do the normal, um, attend the sermon, do some worship, um, and then there'll be the gift giving, and then a meal afterwards. Um, so yeah, and another thing we also do as missionary kids is help with um, the weekly dinners we host for our small Bible groups. Um, these Bible groups aren't necessarily affiliated with the other churches, um, they're just a group of people living in the city who don't have a church to go to, so we just come and gather at our house and we do some worship and afterwards we get a meal together. Apart from that, we also have um, church camps once a year or so, and this is where all the small churches and the Bible groups all come together, have some morning time and do some worship together. So we also accompany our parents for those like two or three days around. So yeah, um, apart from that, our parents try to give us a normal childhood, and so we, our biggest concerns are just doing well in school and um, making good friends. So yeah, um, we can thank them for that. 
but we still do get involved from time to time. Yes, hope I was insightful for you guys. How amazing to hear from Yindi and Zoe. We have more videos that you can watch and connect with um, our children as well as our workers. You can write letters to the kids, send videos and connect with them through even our missions committee. So what does sharing good news in our everyday lives look like? The exposure trip with Kathy in 2019 and Global Interaction had me asking questions, reflecting about what I had observed and how we could bring our learning back home. How can I share the good news of Christ in my everyday life? And how can my global experience influence my local experience? Well, number one, I've got three points for us today. Number one is by prayer. Now, that seems like an easy one, but as a starting point, we must look at the life of Jesus. He began with prayer. He spent time with the Father. Let us develop spiritual practices that allow us to stay connected with God as it is him that we are serving. Jesus started locally. He began by teaching and ministering to his disciples and subsequently moved into blessing and attending to the needs of others. I remember Bill Brown sharing with our interns last year at our Emerge Leaders sessions that we must pray and ask God how we can partner with him each day. What a great way to start our days asking God how we can partner with him. Now, for most of you, the, those of you that might know me well, know that I do, I'm a bit of a talker. I connect with people in random places. I, and I love praying. I pray for random people in random places. Um, and as I seek to listen to what God is saying, um, I pray for them. Now, I have this uh, incredible um, story from a few months back. I was... My, my cousin, I, I think I shared a, a few months back that uh, she had passed away and uh, she was 36 years old and I was set on a, a task to go to the shop. So I went to our local and I was walking around and t I think I took two hours to buy five items. <laughs> um, I was in a little bit uh, of a, you know, traumatized state, very sad. Finally got to the, the queue and it was long, very, very long. Anyway, as I stood there waiting, um, there was a lady in front of me and um, she kind of gave me this weird look like, oh, the checkout person's taking ages. And I kind of looked and I'm like, yeah, he is. This is taking ages. Anyway, so we were just chatting away and then um, I said to her, look, you know, how's your week been? And she's like, oh, actually, I'd rather not share that with you. And I said, oh. I'm really sorry, sorry. And uh, she said, well, how's your week been? And I said, oh, it's been a bit rubbish, actually. My my cousin passed away and uh, she was only 36 and it was a cardiac arrest and still quite sh in shock. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I don't know if you're the praying type, but I would love to pray for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh. Oh, great. Excellent. Well, I am the praying type and I go to church and yes, I would love to, to for you to, to pray for me. And she said, um, yeah, yeah, that, that'd be great. And, and then, um, it was her turn to go through and I said, well, um, so what's your week been like then? And she said, well, actually I, I'm homeless and I've been homeless for the last three months. 
and uh, and as I'm moving today to Box Hill, the new another homeless shelter from Croydon. It was such a sad moment, and as she went through um, her shopping, I just remembered thinking, "Oh, this is hard." And we connected through that time. That was one of those opportunities where I think God came and saw us. As we had shared our stories, I forgot to say, we, there was a moment in there where we both shed tears. And she actually reached out and said to me, hey, do you mind if I give you a hug? And she did. Now, I may have shared this story when I was worship leading a few um, months back. But there is an end to this story that is new because as I paid, um, I paid for the lady, I asked if I could pay for her and she was, you know, tears streaming, said, yeah, absolutely, that'd be great. And there was a um, the cashier guy and I said, oh, you know, <laughs> she was homeless and you know, I thought I'd pay for her and he's like, oh, yeah, that's great. Well, a few weeks back, I was preaching at a ch local church up the road <laughs> and uh, uh, I shared this story and at the end we were in this Zoom conversation and uh, this guy said, oh, hey Solari, um, I was that checkout person and I went, because oh. <laughs> he had been slow, but you know why he had been so slow? He had been talking to the person in front of him. He had been listening to their story and God was already at work ahead of me. You know those prayers that we pray? Hey God, can I partner with you today? Well, guess what? God was partnering with me. He was also partnering with our, that checkout gentleman. And he was already ministering to the person in front of him. And what an incredible story that was. And the, at that moment when I shared, when he shared that in the Zoom conversation, the whole church fell about laughing, as did we, um, and as did I, and uh, realizing that God is such an amazing God. He was working not in my conversation only, but in the conversation ahead of me. So if he hadn't gone so slow, I would never have had this conversation with this lady. What an incredible moment. Our workers at times also have challenges. They face trials. They face suffering, health issues, and we need to stop and pray for them. Some of our workers in Mozambique recently are battling COVID. I would love for you to uphold them in prayer. I know that Moana and Vili, it's been really hard for them. They can't go out much because there is a lot of cases on their back doorstep as well. Please pray for them and their three girls as they walk through the journey with their friends and family too. Psalm 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to those who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. Let's be tenacious resolute and persevering in prayer on our missional walk. 
There is much power in prayer because our Father God loves us and desires us to be in communion with him through this gift of prayer. Jesus stated with these words that he could do nothing by himself in John 5.19 and he repeatedly dedicated time to being alone with the Father. Our verse Acts 1.8 reminds us at the start of this verse, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. His Spirit will guide us. As we seek him, as we ask in prayer, how can we share Christ's love for those around us in our everyday walk with Jesus? So what is the best time for you to connect and pray? Asking God how you can help partner with him. Maybe pop that into the chat. What is the best time for you to connect and pray. Are you at late night? Are you in the morning, in the afternoon? Maybe you have a spiritual rhythm of doing it at multiple times of the day. Inspire us. If you're alive today, pop that on in the chat. Number two, what does it mean to share Jesus in the everyday? We've talked about prayer. Number two is being in your community. Now, I know we're in lockdown at the moment. What does that look like? Well, missional engagement with our community is key. Various passages of scripture, such as Matthew 22, Leviticus 19, Romans 13, we are clearly instructed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. So who are your closest neighbors that you can share the good news in your everyday life? The second part of our verse in Acts 1.8 states, And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So who is this message for? I love that Avital Snow shares in her article that Jesus wanted a witness to proclaim the gospel in the city where he was executed, that's in Jerusalem, but also where his ministry was rejected in Judea where the disciples felt out of place and looked down on people, Samaria, and where they were complete strangers, the ends of the earth. Interesting, isn't it? Would, would it be a stretch to say that Jesus likewise desires for us to go around both our familiar territory as well as where we feel foreign, foreign and uncomfortable? We need to consider the unwelcome, difficult, risky places. Think of the people who are different from us, those who are unlovely, as well as the ones we might consider to be rejected or outcast. Does the homeless person outside your local shops come to mind? Or at the station? Perhaps your co-worker or a uni friend comes to mind. What about those friends you've made in your retirement village? Maybe if we're honest, it could be someone that tends to rub us up the wrong way. We used to live in the heart of Newport, not far from Williamstown. And one day my children and I decided to grab some groceries at our local IGA, which was only a five minute walk. On our way, we encountered a homeless man. We saw him and decided we would buy him some food. Uh, Jasper, as we went into IGA, said, right, he wants to have some healthy food for this gentleman. Ice cream, magnums. Mm-hmm, healthy, thanks Jasper. <laughs> Tarquin decided chocolate, another healthy option. And Kyra, well done, there was some fruit. I decided I'd get him a hot roast chicken as well for dinner. We went back and sat with him to hear his story. We were on the main street of Newport, <laughs> sitting outside the local mosque. 
with our food. And I said to him, look, we're going to have to start with dessert because <laughs> we had the ice cream and we all had our own. So we made a little circle. Pete came down because he was only a few minutes away and texted him. And we sat down and listened to him. We reminded him that if there was anything he needed, we were only a few doors down at the local church at Newport. <laughs> he thanked us for the food and went on his way. And actually, we went on our way. What an incredible opportunity to bless those we encounter in our everyday lives. In our current COVID-19 climate, in lockdown, how do we engage in what God is already doing in our neighbourhoods? Maybe it is that checkout person we encounter every week. It's in our own context. We have to break it down to our own context. How is it impacting our faith journey? Let's be godly witnesses in our local shops. We can't physically go global, but we can be praying, supporting, writing letters, emails to those that need our prayers, especially for our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan, in Haiti, in Lebanon, as you may have seen on our Kilsyth South Community Facebook page this week. What does it mean for us to be witnesses and connect with those that we live amongst? Mission is across the street and across the world. My experiences in Cambodia showed me that authentic relationships are key to this. Let's make these connections with those that we encounter in our everyday relationships at work, home, school, university, even in our extended family and our retirement villages as well. What do they need? How can you pray, love and serve safely? How can we engage people in positive ways which meet them where they are, recognising and articulating some of their deep spiritual needs? I believe the local and global, that local and global mission have an active and symbiotic relationship. As Graham Joseph Hill so clearly puts in his book, uh, The Global Church, the local shapes the global and the global shapes the local. We have the best neighbours, can I say. We, uh, over last year, we, I know I've shared this story many times to different people, but we had this, our fence, and um, on Kari's birthday last year, we cut out a hole in the fence um, <laughs> and we connected with our neighbour. And then, uh, we didn't cut the hole, he did, our next door neighbour did. And then uh, this year, uh, through winter, the boys had to, uh, got asked to rake the leaves for our neighbour as well. Got them a little bit of pocket money on the side. And then we were also building uh, relationships with our other neighbours that constant, that were giving us eggs for so long. And then now we have the chickens and we're sharing out the eggs to those around us. But it goes both ways. Our neighbours reciprocate love and care for us. The neighbour with the fence, they give us bread um, and the sharing of the eggs happen from the other neighbour. There's been recipes shared this week even, a beautiful Anzac biscuits made. There's been texts and there's been calls. Last week we put together some surviving lockdown joy bags. <laughs> the kids and I walked to each of our neighbours' house with our masks on and delivered them safely. There was a few that came out and we had a few conversations, safe, distance, can I just say. And they appreciated the love and care and connection we showed. And this week there was even more texts 
and a birthday gift from Kyra from next door. It's been heartwarming, can I just say. We must show Jesus' love to those that live near us, <laughs> especially at this time. How can you safely connect, when, especially when lockdown lifts? Does it mean making a phone call, a text or sending a gift or a letter? What is God asking you to do? Take a minute now and send a text to someone that needs to hear from you, maybe a loving message. Ask them how they are. Are they coping okay? How can you pray for them? Remind them that you're only a phone call away. Let's take a minute now to do that. You got your phone? Maybe you can pick up the phone quickly, make a phone call. Doesn't matter, you can pause this and come back. Done? Fantastic. In Cambodia, we experienced the warm hospitality of not only our cross-cultural workers, but also from the Cambodian friends that had made, that we had made in their local village. Sorry. <laughs> but also the Cambodian friends that they had made in their local village, not us. <laughs> we made them too when we were there for when the two weeks. We were drawn into authentic relationships that had been built on trust, respect, compassion and honesty. Meals were cooked, shelter provided, and we attempted to connect with our considerably basic Khmer with those in the village when we visited. The lasting impact of this experience reminds me that in our current context, we too have the ability to do the same. Jesus says in John 20, 21, as a father has sent me, I am sending you. We have been sent and are given opportunities to bless others, show love, kindness and care. I believe sharing Jesus in our everyday lives, both in our local and global context, must be authentic. Can I remind us, let's start at home. Our family, our deepest connections. But some of us, God may have put a cultural group in our hearts. What is your Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria? Or is it the ends of the earth? In both local and global contexts, we must take time to listen as both our concern and care begins to reveal itself in our relationships. As we develop relationships with people outside of our churches, it's important that we look at our motivations and make sure that they are genuine. The more authentic and honest and real the encounters we have, the more effective we are in faith sharing. Who is God prompting you to love and connect with today? My third point today is sharing your story. If we're, share, if we're here to share the good news, what does that look like? What does it look like to share it in our everyday? Well, we must know our own story. Why do you believe in Jesus? What impact did he have on your life? And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, 
Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The telling. How do we tell? Testimonies and your story are very useful for sharing faith as it draws people to our stories and can deepen and form authentic relationships. It's the story of your encounter with God and what role he has played throughout your life. Moving to Australia when I was six years old was not only life-changing, it was also compelling. This experience broke parts of me that took many years to understand and made me distrusting and fearful. It is important to share our stories with others and hear their stories of brokenness and joy. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Joshua 1.9 But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3.15 We must always be prepared to share our faith. Be strong and courageous. He will be with you as you share. I genuinely believe our testimony is a useful device and powerful way of sharing our hearts, our hope and experiences with those that we meet and build relationships with as well. But we must do this with gentleness and respect. Remembering that 1 Peter 3:15 to 16 what remember what that says. Know your story. How did you encounter Jesus? Did you grow up in a Christian home? Share your heart, your pain, your joys and your sorrows. Who can you share your story with? What a great opportunity we have right now to hear the stories of our workers. Our Global Interaction website has so many intercultural worker stories. Please get on there and check them out. Thank you for partnering with us by interacting with praying, resourcing and supporting those that are in global missional contexts. Our church is incredible at supporting not only Global Interaction, but other ministries as well. Did you know most of our workers have been staying in touch with family and friends using online methods for way longer than we have? Let's stay connected and take time to hear their stories and pray for them. Romans 10:15 says, How will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. So where does your inspiration lie? What is the tug on your heart? How can you share God's love in your neighbourhood? For some of us, the tug will be at a local level. For others, God may be calling you to serve people of different cultures in a global context. Please chat with myself, our state leaders, Jeff Maddock, or Jodie and Chris McCartney, who shared a few weeks ago, especially if you're interested in going. The door is open. It will take time in this COVID situation. But let's begin our preparation and be reminded that in our current, current multicultural society, we have opportunities on our doorstep. Our local is here. So can I invite you to share Jesus in your everyday life by beginning with prayer number one, connecting with your community number two. Send that text, make that call and sharing your story so that you can show God's love, compassion and kindness to those that you encounter. Who is your Jerusalem, your Judea, 
Samaria? Who are the people that you are going to share Jesus' story with? Your life with? To the ends of the earth, wherever God calls. I've got a few questions for reflection at the end. How can I incorporate prayer for others in my day and ask God how I can partner with him today? Who are the people that God is putting on my heart today to love and share my story with? How can you develop your story so you can share Christ's love? Maybe in your small groups or your connect groups this week, you can ask those questions. You can share with each other what God is doing in your hearts. Let's take some time now to pray. Lord God, we thank you for this time. Father, that it's a time that we are learning what it means to pray for our neighbours. Pray for the people in our global context, for those in Afghanistan, in Haiti, in Lebanon. Lord, we ask each day, how can we partner with you? Remind us, Lord, the people that you want us to connect with. Who are you putting on our hearts today? Who can we share our stories with, Lord? Lord, also help us to develop our stories so we can share your love. We thank you for this time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Join us for our meeting today.